He's amused Cam Newton. <laughs> He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, would you have scheduled this game? He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go, Tarion. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. As he, he's just completely taken the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. After a brief hiatus and observance of Martin Luther King Day yesterday, we are back on a Tuesday drive. WSJS, News Talk Sports for the Triad. NC State, a huge win against Miami on Saturday. They're in action tonight on the road at Georgia Tech. The North Carolina Tar Heels. Do I need to say who they're playing tonight in Boston Chapel Hill? College. I don't think I do. Both those games we'll be keeping an eye on. But the biggest game in the ACC tonight is right here in the triad. At the Joel, it is Wake Forest facing 19th-ranked Clemson. The Tigers fresh off a win against Duke from over the weekend. Tonight is ripe for a Wake Forest win. Don't call it an upset because it isn't. You look at Vegas odds, they have Wake Forest as a two-point favorite. Ken Palm has Wake Forest winning tonight 78-75. So those who follow the sport closely, those who set lines, they have respect for Wake Forest. Hopefully after tonight, everybody else will have caught up. Tonight could be the best atmosphere that Wake Forest has played in at the Joel all year long. And it's not going to be because a ton of Clemson fans are coming from upstate South Carolina, driving three and a half hours to watch a nine o'clock tip. No, that's not why it is. This has been growing slowly, but gaining momentum over the last month or so. Against Duke, I wasn't very optimistic at what the crowd would look like. When I got to that game... I was pretty impressed. The lower bowl was not filled full of Duke fans. Three quarters of the fans in the lower bowl were Wake Forest fans, and that's without the students in attendance. I thought that was a pretty good crowd. It exceeded my expectations. Didn't think anybody would be there last week when you play a bad FSU team at 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night. I was wrong. The Wake students showed up. WD, you were there. How would you describe the turnout for Wake Forest against FSU? I was very surprised the students were back. They showed up. They showed out. Very surprised, to say the least. So tonight, you're playing a team that right now is first in the ACC standings, ranked 19th in the country. As WD mentioned, the students are back. This is a high-level basketball game. I think we're going to have a great crowd tonight in Winston-Salem. It's been building. Wake is 27-2 and two at home over the last two years. 27-2. and two. That's better than anybody in the ACC. And it's tied with Kentucky for the best home record across the country over the last two seasons. This was Steve Forbes when I asked him what he expected from tonight's environment after his team beat who, WD, Saturday night? Boston College. Here's Coach Forbes. Put yourself in position to play meaningful games. You want to play meaningful games. And so here's one. You know, we hope we play more, but here's one. You know, if we're five and two, there's still a lot. I mean, we ain't at the turn yet. So let's, I'm not going to talk about anything else. Just the fact that this is a, a big game because they're, you know, they're winning the league and, and they beat us. And, uh, you know, when we got beat by them, we didn't play well in the second half. But I told you guys they were good and everybody kind of, uh-huh, they're good and they're well coached. They got good players. 
and it'll be a big challenge, but we'll look, we're looking forward to it. Quietly, Wake Forest might be the best team in the state of North Carolina right now. They have the best offensive efficiency in the ACC, according to Ken Palm. They have the best scoring offense in conference play across the entire conference. They might have the best win of anybody out of the core four of the ACC. What win does North Carolina, Duke, or NC State have that's better than winning at Wisconsin the way that Wake did? And they have the best record. Five and two in ACC play thus far. They have the best record out of the ACC Big Four. But I put out the question on social media, at Josh Graham Radio. It's also up on our Twitter at WSGS Radio, where we're streaming video. Video also streaming on YouTube and on Twitch. Best team in the state, who is it? Right now, 53% of the polls say North Carolina is right now. Wake Forest, despite all those things I just listed off, they're still not getting that respect. They feel like they're, it feels like to me they're in a similar spot that Clemson was in going into the weekend, where Clemson had all these bona fides, but nobody was respecting the Tigers. Then they beat Duke, and suddenly they're ranked 19th in the country. Wake Forest still isn't receiving votes into the top 25. Beat Clemson. Beat Virginia this Saturday at the Joel. That's going to change. I think if Wake wins these next two games, they should be ranked in the top 25, plain and simple, if they win their next two games. Both of them are at the Joel. It very well could happen. I like Wake Forest to win tonight now that Clemson has come from being the disrespected team to now being the team with a target on its back going on the road. Wake matches up well with Clemson. They played before, as Steve Forbes was noting. Wake lost the game by 20, and if you just look at that, you'd think, well, they got run off the floor, Josh. Clemson's clearly a better team. Well, consider the details. Wake played at Wisconsin three nights before that. They got back at 2 in the morning, and then a day or two later, or the next day, they're having to ride down to Clemson. It was a terrible turnaround for them to start conference play. They ran out of gas. They were leading at halftime by seven points in this game. They were almost up by double digits at one point. They ran out of gas. It was a fatigue thing. Clemson also had a kid who's not going to be playing tonight that hit four threes in the game. Tonight's game's going to be in Winston-Salem. So when you factor a lot of that, Damari Monsanto has certainly taken a lot of steps since early December. When you factor all of that in, it sets up well for Wake, who's not going to be bothered by the size of P.J. Hall and what Clemson throws at him. Tonight is ripe for a Wake Forest win. Don't call it an upset because that's not what it is. But Wake gets a big win tonight against the Clemson Tigers. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, 336-777-1600. If you want in, Will Dalton is the executive producer of this show. However, and wherever you're listening, we certainly appreciate that. Now let's get to the latest on the Carolina Panthers coaching search. Yesterday, was it yesterday or was it two days ago? Oh, we learned that Sean Payton is going to be interviewing with the Carolina Panthers. As soon as I learned that piece of info, I had this thought. It's time to start accepting Steve Wilkes is not going to get the Panthers job. It's not fair. I think he deserves it. I think he'd be the right guy. But when you start looking at the details of what's happened over the last week, and Steve Wilkes interviewed a week ago, it's not going to happen for Steve. Because since then, they're interviewing a dozen or so, candidate, a dozen or so candidates for the job. Like, 
Scott Fitterer said initially this was going to be a short list. It's been far from that. Dozen or so more candidates they've talked to. Many of them are comically unqualified when compared to Steve Wilkes. Looking at you, Ben Johnson. Looking at you, Ken Dorsey. Looking at you, Mike Kafka. First-year offensive coordinators. The fact that they're interviewing all these guys when they know they already have Steve Wilkes, who would take the job, who was so qualified, I think is telling. They believe there are better former head coaches out there. Sean Payton, Jim Caldwell, Frank Wright, all of them offensive-minded coaches. I said it a week ago. I still feel this way. I think it's going to end up being Frank Reich, and it's going to be underwhelming because I would hire Steve Wilkes over hiring Frank Reich, but I think that's where we're headed, and there might be a belief in the building. This is not based on any info. It's just a guess. They might be able to keep Wilkes on staff as an assistant. They still might believe that. I don't know if Wilkes will go for it, but remember, there's no salary cap on coaching salaries. So if David Tepper wanted to pay Steve Wilkes like a head coach to be a defensive coordinator, nothing's stopping him from doing that as long as that's the understanding with the head coach that he hires. Remember, Wilkes, no other team has invited him to interview for a job, not for a head coaching job. His assistants have been requested for D.C. openings like Al Holcomb, but not Steve Wilkes. I think it's time to start accepting that that's where this is going to end up, right or wrong. Let's go to Ed in Winston-Salem. First call of the week, and I got a feeling Ed wants to talk about North Carolina recruiting. Anytime there's a big commitment for North Carolina basketball, Ed always seems to call in. So, Ed, go right ahead. Yes, sir. I saw, I'm sure you saw uh, where Ian Jackson, uh, 6'5", wing player, uh, just committed. Number two player uh, in the country. Yes, yes, number two in the country. And also, um, you're, you're probably aware of this also, Elliot uh, Cadeau just recently committed a number one point guard in the country, and then they got James Brown, a 6'10 center, a top 30 player from the state of Illinois, and then one local uh, kid, Drake Powell, 6'6 wing, top 50 player. And they're involved with three other uh, guys that are top 10 players. So I'd just like to give a shout-out to uh, Hubert and his staff and uh, – and like I say, it's early. We don't know how these guys are going to turn out, but uh, right now he's on, uh, you know, a, a very uh, good recruiting class. Maybe the number one recruiting class for uh, 24. And hope, uh, hopefully, the Tar Heels can, can keep their uh, home streak. Uh, you know, going tonight against the Boston College. And thank you for taking my call. Yeah, Ed. Okay, I appreciate the shout out for what Hubert's done. What's really cool to broaden Boston that. Boston College. Thank you. What's really cool to broaden that though is. We're lucky to be in a state where you have four teams and four fan bases that are feeling pretty good about where they're at right now. Everybody wanted to fire Kevin Keats after last year. You think state fans are feeling that way right now? Watching the way that the pack have been competing and what Keats was able to pull in in the portal, DJ Burns and Darkel Joyner, nah, they're pretty happy. Wake Forest, their coach of the year, Steve Forbes, and how competitive they've been, the most competitive they've been in a dozen years. Duke, not meeting their standard right now, but it's a first-year coach. Everybody's dogging John Shire when at this point last year, Hubert had lost more games than John Shire had at this point, and we saw how it turned out for Hubert. And what you're talking about, Ed, is true, and John Shire's recruiting is very good. So if you're a Tar Heel fan, if you're a Blue Devil fan, if you're a Deacon fan, if you're a State fan— a lot of reasons to feel pretty good right now. All four are very competitive. 
And I put out this stat on social media earlier today. All four teams have a chance to make the NCAA tournament this year. Since the tourney expanded to 64 in 1985, that's only happened three times. You got to go to 91 when both Duke and North Carolina made it to the Final Four. You got to go to 2004 when Duke made it to the Final Four. 2005 when North Carolina won the national championship. Is that foreshadowing? When all four are good, you have at least one of them ending up in the Final Four? Let's hope so. But it certainly is pretty exciting to follow. Hey, Triad, this is Rich Eisen. Catch me this evening at 6 for the Rich Eisen Show. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. End of the week, I'll go out to New York. I'll have a chance to visit with uh, Mr. Tepper in Carolina. Straight from the horse's mouth, that was Sean Payton in Los Angeles sitting down with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. And according to several reports out in L.A., he met with the Houston Texans last night. He's set to meet with the Denver Broncos out in L.A. Today, the Panthers' conversation will be in New York, as he noted, with Mr. Tamper. The question that needs to be asked, is Sean Payton worth the headache for the Carolina Panthers? Is it worth everything it would cost them to bring him in from a football perspective? It would be splashy. You would win the press conference. You would capture the attention of the NFL if you're Tepper, and I'm sure that does matter to him. But in terms of winning and achieving your goal of winning a Super Bowl and getting this organization where it needs to go, does Sean Payton accomplish that? I personally don't think he's worth the headache. For one he would command more power than any other candidate that Carolina talks to. If Matt Rule got final say on personnel, you don't think that Sean Payton's going to get that? If Matt Rule got a seven-year contract, you don't think Sean Payton's going to ask, well, why can't we get that? I've done a lot more than Matt Rule has. I won a Super Bowl as a head coach. You want me to coach against the team I'm a legend of? A legend for twice a year? You're going to offer me less than what you paid Matt Rule? Good luck with that. Personally, I think a team is run best when you have a clear, uh, a clear front office to coaching staff power structure that's in place. Where the owner obviously is the boss, but the general manager has his role in selecting the players, and the coach has a relationship with the GM, certainly has input, but does not have final say on personnel. Sean Payton's probably not going to go for anything less than I want final say on personnel, and he has a resume that he can dictate that to teams. I'm saying I don't think that's worth it for the Panthers. He's also the only candidate that would cost you draft picks. Now, what does that compensation look like? Well, here's Sean Payton again from that conversation with Colin Cowherd. I think each team 
um, would be a little different. Mickey Loomis and I have talked already about it. I, I think ultimately the compensation f- for the Saints would be uh, a mid a mid or later first round pick. Okay. Um, now we can arrive at that in a lot of different ways. Okay. So a first round pick next year? Would you be cool with that? Hey, give away a first round draft pick for next year, and you can hire Sean Payton while also giving him final say on personnel and giving him a boatload of money. Would you go for that? There are few coaches that I think are worth a first-round draft pick for you to give up. And I'm not convinced Sean Payton's one of those coaches because I'm old enough to remember George Seifert. Again, this is what's puzzling to me, how quickly we forget things. Two years ago, the Panthers had an offensive coordinator people thought was a shoe-in to be a future head coach and Joe Brady. Oh, this guy's a wonder kind. Oh, man, the Panthers have this star. He's getting interviews for head coaching jobs. Less than a year after that, he's fired by the Panthers. Yet Carolina is hiring the hot first-year offensive coordinators for their head coaching opening when they have Steve Wilkes who will take the job? Why are they interviewing Ben Johnson, Mike Kafka, and Ken Dorsey? If they hire one of those three men, I will lose it. That, that would be a horrific look for Carolina if they hired any of those three coaches. And David Tepper would have a lot of questions to answer if he should do that. But how quickly can we forget just the Joe Brady situation a couple of years ago? And when it comes to Sean Payton... Josh, come on. He was a head coach for a Super Bowl team. George Seifert won two Super Bowls with the San Francisco 49ers. But it turns out when Carolina brought George Seifert in to be their coach, they didn't get Steve Young or Joe Montana with them. And what happened? He was 16-32 and 32 over three years, including a 1-15 mark his final season. Now, am I saying... That Sean Payton's going to go 16 for 32? No. That's not what I'm saying will happen. But it is pretty clear that Sean Payton's entire tenure with the Saints coincided with a Hall of Fame quarterback's career in Drew Brees. And WD, last year he didn't have Drew Brees. And what happened? Eight and nine. In fact... If you look at the years he had with Drew Brees, there was a stretch in which he won. He had losing seasons in four out of five years with Drew Brees in his prime. Four out of five years had losing seasons. And you want me to believe it's worth not only should they hire this coach, but you need to give them say on personnel and a fat contract and a first round draft pick to hire this dude? No. I'm out. I'm out. It's not worth it to me. It's not worth the headache. You know what is worth the headache, though, WD? Do tell. The big news of the day. Oh, yeah. Bojangles. In March of this year, in a partnership with Appalachian Mountain Brewery, going to create Bojangles Hard Sweet Tea. I had a feeling we might get to this. 
It's the biggest news of the day, frankly. I'm surprised we That's haven't right. already gotten to it. Does this mean at hospitality, ACC media days, hey, March, ACC tournament in Greensboro, there are going to be some hard sweet teas available? There better be. Got to figure that one out. Jim Phillips, the least he listen, can do. Listen to me. You might not know my name, <laughs> but you do know that Bojangles matters around here. And if you get some Bo's hard sweet tea, there's some who don't know what I'm talking about right now. No, there was a release today that Bojangles and Appalachian Mountain Brewery are creating Bojangles hard sweet tea. That's going to be Bojangles sweet tea mixed with alcohol. And they're going to come in this pack that looks like a bow box. Oh, man. What more Great could you marketing. ask for? Late March 2023. Oh. <sighs> it's going to be a 12-pack. 12 12-pack 12 of 12-ounce 12 cans and individual 16-ounce cans that you can buy. You in on this? They you... will not be sold at Bojangles restaurants, but will be sold at participating retailers in North Carolina and South Carolina. Circle K, QT, Sheets, Spins, Harris Teeter, Lowe's, Walmart, Food Lion, and a few other independent stores. You in on this? You going to have some? No. You're What? I don't like Bojangles sweet tea. I'm not a sweet tea guy, though. This is not me saying sweet tea's garbage or anything like that. People like what they like. I don't like sweet tea. But if they... If this is successful and they can figure out how to do a hard lemonade because they got the pink lemonade that they give away too, all in on that. I can tell you right now, this is going to be successful. <laughs> I can just feel it. In North Carolina? Oh, yeah. I'm looking at these cans. They are perfect. Like, it looks like a the Bojangles cup. And oh, it's gonna crush! It's gonna be so good. It, what's it say on the can here? At the end of the day, Jeff. Oh, say hey, Jim. What's up, Jim? <laughs> Jim Phillips. That's him calling me. Yeah. Not by my name. Yep. At the end of the day, Jeff. It says, "Stepped like we mean it." That's what it says. Does it say anything on the outside of this case too? I'm looking at it. How do we feel about Bojangles Hard Sweet Tea? 336-777-1600. When's the best time to whip out a Bojangles hard sweet tea? I mean, <laughs> it is tricky because most people, like, they get their Bojangles and they're they're carrying around a cup like at work, but, but you can't. Because this is my issue. Sweet tea doesn't really go together with alcohol, does it? Is there precedent for this? Sure it does. No, like, it doesn't really seem like the people that would be drinking alcohol are the same people that are pounding Bojangles sweet tea all the time. I disagree. It seems like you want one or the other, not the two together. Oh, no. Like I, when you want a sweet tea is not the same time you want an alcoholic beverage. I'm telling you right now. The people that Am do... I wrong on this? 336 If I'm wrong, I'll wear it. But I, I, I've never seen somebody say, 
I've got a tough decision to make. I either want Bojangles sweet tea or I want to crush some brews right now or I want to crush some alcoholic beverages. Now, that's just my observation. Again, not a big sweet tea guy. If you want to put out the pink lemonade, hard lemonade Bojangles, I'm all in. That sounds refreshing. That sounds like a good time. But that's just my read on the hard sweet tea. Who am I talking to? I think Andy in High Point has some thoughts on this. Andy, real quick, what do you got? So there's two times for a Bojangles hard sweet tea. The first time, after you mow the lawn. Yes. You can't tell me that was a crush. The second time is when you're celebrating the Panthers hiring Sean Payton. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, thanks for the call, Andy. That's right on point when you're talking about getting done with chores. You're mowing the lawn. You just did something outdoors. You're sweating a little bit. I want some refreshment. I want Hayes Permore's thoughts and on And in this. addition to that, I want some alcohol, too. And, yes, Permar would be a good person to talk to about it. It's the Drive with Josh Graham, WSJS. It seems like you guys had to get it out of the mud at halftime. What exactly turned it around for you guys? Uh, we just had to lock down and defend. And- just got to lock down and defend. Speed hot. Six man of Carolina basketball. Got it out the mud, Dot. How was my execution last week with grammar school? Perfect. Perfect. I mean, it was um, accurate seeing that Duke was down at the half, and they literally had to get it out the mud in that second half to get a dub. And for you to go in there and just flawlessly execute that, Josh, I'm telling you, man, I was more impressed with that than I was with the RJ because this one really fit the situation, and you just flow with it, and you could tell by the response. That was Dariq Whitehead, right? Dariq Whitehead from Duke yeah. last week after the win against Pitt. Yeah, so you could tell by his response. Like, he was all bought in. He didn't view it as a segment. He didn't view it as this white guy talking weird. It was just conversation. We got it out the mud. We did, bro. Great job. BDOT, we got grammar school to do in a bit, but I want to get your thought on this poll question I put out earlier asking who the best team in the state of North Carolina is. I know – you were going to say North Carolina, and that's a good argument to make. If you, There is definitely an argument to make for the Tar Heels, but I'm more interested in how you would rank the teams one through four as of right now, Duke, Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest, because to me, it seems like all four are kind of close to each other right now. There are marginal differences, and that to me is a very interesting thing to follow over the next couple of months. How would you rank those four? Um, I think I will go, of course, us first, just very biased. but Because I do agree with you. I feel like that um, it's very close. But I'm going to pick us first. I feel like we have more weapons. I like what Duke is doing over there with the size, but I just don't buy in yet. But I still put them at two. Um, NC State has been rolling, wow. it seems like. But still you're gonna not better Duke, than Forest. You're going to put Duke over NC State even after State beat them by 24? Yeah. I and and Wake, I think Wake won. What did Wake win by? Wake beat Duke by eleven, but that was in Cameron. Or excuse think, me, that was in uh, the Joel. I think I'm a little biased on Baby T and NC State right now, which is why I'm going to put them at four. But I really don't rock with Coach Forbes. But because Davian is over there, I'll put them at three. So I'll go us, Duke, Wake, NC State. Understood. Now let's get into grammar school. 
Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. And just when you think it can't get any worse, Josh is going to attempt to learn B Dot's vernacular. I'm going to put one in the air. It's time. For B Dot's Grammar School. Nobody better than B Dot. Pre game, during game, post game. Brought to you by Heritage Hardwood Floors. When it comes to flooring, they have no ceiling. Heritage Hardwood Floors, man, right over there at Winston Salem State University. You can go check out the basketball floor over there. You talk about uh, the best schools and basketball programs in North Carolina. Winston Salem State University should be on that list, Joshua. Heritage Hardwood Floors. Now, with the with the framing of the question I put on Twitter, I said, what's the best basketball team in the state? Some folks were firing off at me. Men's teams, you mean, because Duke's mm. really good in the women's side, UNC won. Mm. And then I clapped back with, well, if you want to exploit my phrasing, you might as well just say the Charlotte Hornets since I didn't specify college, but then I remembered the Hornets probably aren't as good as some of the teams in college hoops. Bro, the Hornets got 11 wins. <laughs> <laughs> and nah, not going to talk about the Hornets. But this is Grammar School brought to you by Heritage Hardwood Floors. Heritage Hardwood Floors. Absolutely. And yes, um, this is season three. You just saw that Josh got a satisfactory grade when he was in the field using the phrase Get it out the mud. You did very good, Josh Graham. And we have a phrase for you to use this week. What's that? Want the smoke. (laughs) You can use it however. Do you want the smoke? Did they want the smoke? Do y'all want the smoke? Who wants the smoke? Does anybody want the smoke with y'all? However you want to use it, but you have to use want the smoke somewhere in a press conference before next Wednesday. All right. Got that written down. We'll see what we can do. I'll be at Clemson Wake Forest tonight. See if I can work that in. I've got a caucastic question for you. Caucastic, let's go. What is Brooks and Dunn? What is Brooks and Dunn? Yeah, this is something we were talking about. What did he do? Brooks and Dunn. I thought you said, what has Brooks and Dunn? I thought it was a guy named Brookson who had done something. Brooks and Dunn. Is Brooks and Dunn, are they any kin to Brookson? Because if they are, then I can find out what Brookson has done. It is related to music. Brooks and Dunn is a band. A, a, a band that WD likes. What are the bands that WD likes? WD. WD is, didn't know what it was earlier today. God almighty, WD. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so it's not a band that WD likes. Brooks and Dean, no, Brooks and Dunn is a folk band. Ah, it's a country band. Close God. enough. That close enough? Close Do enough. I get country folk? Turn me up. Brooks and Dunn. Brooks and Dunn. That's what I said, Brooks and Dunn. We got a DeMarco Dunn. Do you think Brooks and Dunn is any relation to DeMarco Dunn? Garrison Brooks and DeMarco Dunn? No, I don't think Ronnie Brooks is related at all. It's where I first met Mary. Really bad Brooks and Dunn impression there. Throw a couple of... Uh, we'll introduce you to Brooks and Dunn later down the road. So that yeah. red dirt road. What is the first thing you got for me? Josh, what is a goon? G-O-O-N. What is a goon? I know in hockey, a yeah. goon is like a big oafish type player that you'll throw out oafish? there to fight people. You want to... 
what was the word I introduced you to, by the way, over the weekend? Chocked oh, full of. Chock, chocked full of. Yeah. I said Never the state was. Chalk. I said the Bengals were chocked full of North Carolina guys. And you hadn't yeah, heard anybody said, say that. Like chocked that full was, of nuts. It was chocked full of guys who got it out the mud. And you put in like, yeah, you saw that? Pretty good. That like was. it. Uh, I'm going to say a goon is like a. I don't want to say loser. Let's say like just this oafish bully type figure, but not really known to be smart. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give you that. Okay. See, I gave it's you Brooks and Dunn up. as a folk man, so I yeah, deserve yeah, yeah. that. Absolutely. It's a low-ranking member of a gang usually. Usually the goon is like just the muscle. Goes out there and he's the one that will take the fall for him and stuff, you know. So the guy who fired a shot at Omar Epps' character, that was a goon acting on behalf of Tupac? Yes, that was one of two. Yes, that was one of Tupac's goons. At the end of Juice. And shot at G Money. Yes. Yes. The end of Juice. Yeah, at the end of Juice. <laughs> See? That's application. <laughs> That's application. He was a goon. But the fact that you're using their real names when referencing them was throwing me off. I didn't even realize I what their names. I forgot about. their names. Sorry. All right. Moving on. Second word, Josh Graham. Oh, oh, the guy who was the goon was, um, shoot. He was in, uh, remember the Titans. He was the Omar one. Epps? No, no, no. The goon that shot at Omar Epps was the linebacker oh. across from Gary Bertier and remember the Titans. Left side. Strong side, left side, strong side. You ever seen See, Over the you, Titans? That was you applying your caucastic qualities into the urban sector of grammar school. So that still works for the same. We're confusing WD. He's seen none of these things. I've seen oh, juice. Yeah. You've seen juice? I have seen juice. That actually Ooh, impresses dog. me a bit. What's next? All right, up next, what is trill? T-R-I-L-L. Now, trill is the combination of two words. If you can tell me what those two words are that makes the word trill, I'll give you a buzzer for that. Or if you can tell me what trill means, I will give you a correct buzzer for that. Trap and thrill. Trap and thrill. Because like, like, you, you it's a thrill when you trap it, is what you're saying. Yeah. That's probably not right. Is that your final answer? <laughs> sure. Incorrect. But I know about Trillville. See? Trillville. You know about their music? Uh-huh. You're ridiculous. Trill is a combination of two words, Josh Graham. True and real. Oh. That makes you trill. Okay. Okay? Originated really in the South, Texas. Not the end of there. It means well-respected. Somebody who's trill is well-respected. Josh, you have to get this last one correct in order to get a satisfactory grade today. Do you understand that? I understand. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to do this because we're doing this, but because we're doing it visually, I can. So this will work. When you see a basketball player throw this sign up. Oh, the three goggles? What does that mean? Three goggles means. No, not three goggles. When they, when they, when they, when when they, they hit cover you. their eyes? Yeah. But they're like just like that. The goggles right there you just put up. What do the goggles mean? Goggles. <laughs> do it again. Let me see it again. That's yeah, right great. There. I wish yeah. you guys could screen grab that. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah. What's that mean? Here's right here. Not the threes, the goggles. 
I'm so confused. I I just thought that was three goggles because you have three fingers I, up in the I'm air. Putting your threes up. I keep telling you, not the three goggles. These, these, those. What is that? What the does binoculars. that mean? Binoculars. Um, guess that means I'm locked in. Like I'm, I'm looking at you. I got you in your eye your hole. Yeah. A player does the goggles when he's locked in. Correct. That's the final answer. Sure. That is incorrect. No. For an assist, Josh Brown. I saw you, bro. Boom. I dropped that dime. A no look. Hit you with the goggles. You know why? Because I saw you, bro. An assist. Point to the passer. Point to the passer. That's what we do at Carolina, too. But you'll see Caleb out there, and he'll daggone drop a no look to Mondo, and then you'll see him hit them goggles. You know why? Because I saw you, big fella. I saw you. Not my best showing, but I'll try nah, to bring man. it. I'll We've try to bring it. So this season, you're satisfactory in one. Next week, I want that smoke. Ooh, that's what I'm talking about. Get warmed up, my boy. Carolina, BC, go out and see BDOT, 7 o'clock tonight. Hopefully, you run into more people in the bathroom who are fans of the show. That's always awesome. And they're wondering, how in the hell am I here when they just were listening to me in the car? That's always the best experience. Yeah. So if you listen to the show, say hi to B-Dot. He always enjoys that. All right, Dot. Have fun tonight. We'll talk to you next week. Let's go. Go Cowboys. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. ACC basketball rankings on the way. Maybe we get the latest news from Bojangles as well. You're not going to want to miss that. But first, a word from our re- our friends at Modern Chevrolet. We've been telling you about them for a while, and one of the key themes that we keep coming back to is family, and that's something that's used as a bit of a cliche sometimes. But you kind of get the sense of family atmospheres and businesses the moment you walk into the building, the fact that people know each other because they've been there for long periods of time, 10 years, 15, 20, maybe even more than that. And it's not always the case, but usually it's the case that those businesses have better service, outstanding service, complete satisfaction for those who are customers there. And when you go to Modern Chevrolet, You can tell that instantly. I know it as somebody who bought a car from Modern just a couple of months ago. Been driving that all across the triad and across the state of North Carolina to all of these games. The Modern difference is a real thing. Experience that today. The Modern Chevrolet difference. This was the hardest ACC basketball rankings we had to do so far. We call it critically acclaimed. We go... 10 through 1, the top 10 teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference in basketball. So as I spell that out on the front end, feel free to tell me where I'm wrong as we go through this list here. Let's get it started. And we begin with number 10, Virginia Tech. The Hokies have lost five straight games. They are 1-5 in ACC play. You know who that one win was against? North Carolina. Back in December when Armando Baycott was out of the lineup. Armando! Virginia Tech has hit a rough stretch in the season. 
but I wouldn't completely write them off because they had a really good out-of-conference and some of the analytics and net numbers favor the Hokies. So there still is a chance that Mike Young's team can have a turnaround. Number nine. Speaking of teams you can never write off, the Syracuse Orange. Came close against Virginia a couple weeks ago. Last night, razor thin against Miami the entire game. Miami holds on to win by four. It's hard to see the path for Syracuse into the NCAA tournament, but you're talking about Jim Beheim. And you're talking about Joe Gerard III, who feels like he's been here for been there for 10 years. And Jesse Edwards and Judah Mintz, who's made a lot of big plays. Can't really write off Syracuse yet either. But there they are, number nine in the ranking. Number eight. Pittsburgh. Won at NC State. Beat Virginia on its home floor. They're a legitimate team. But lost to Duke. Blowing a 10-point lead going into the second half or an 11-point lead. They have decent wins. And they even got some on the road. Beat Northwestern by a ton. Who isn't any good? Northwestern's never good. They won on the road at NC State. That's, as I mentioned, a really good win. Almost won at Vanderbilt. Almost doesn't really help you so much when you get the tourney time. Pitt's going to be on the bubble. Good basketball team, legit. Was impressed with what I saw up close. They have some players that might be among the most fun players in the league. Blake Henson comes to mind, for example. This Pitt team is to be taken seriously, but I can't rank them much higher than eight. Number seven. Duke. Beat Dick. Beat Duke. Uh, beat Pitt, excuse me. Head-to-head last week. Didn't speak today. Feels like a Monday, but it's Tuesday. When you have the head-to-head meeting, that has to count for something, doesn't it? So, Duke beating Pitt. They still have such a high ceiling. They just need to get Jeremy Roach back. How much do you punish Duke for losing games that has been at the expense of not having Jeremy Roach? I don't know how you balance that. I have the Blue Devils at seven. Number six. NC State. Again, they beat Duke head-to-head. They beat Miami on Saturday in overtime. Their last three wins are against, in order, Duke, Virginia Tech, with Virginia Tech being on the road, and the Canes. That's a really hot stretch, but do we just forget about NC State's loss at home against Pittsburgh a month ago? Do we just forget about some of the close wins or close losses that they've had I don't know the PAX resume it's good but they still have to earn my trust in games like tonight and prove that you can go to Georgia Tech when everyone's expecting you to win and do just that NC State is essentially the 26th ranked team in the country they have the most votes and the others receiving votes category they're right there on the borderline of being ranked Ranked team supposed to win at Georgia Tech. We'll see if NC State pass that passes that test, but until they do that, I still have I'm still hesitant to trust them completely. Number five. North Carolina. Carolina nearly beat Virginia last week without Pete Nance, nor Armando Baycott, who went down a minute into the Armando. game. Armando. They fought throughout that entire game. 
They still have a lot of areas to grow. We need to see more from Seth Tremble, see more from Jalen Washington, maybe more from DeMarco Dunn. Is he going to be part of the rotation? We will see. Puff Johnson, you name it, some of those ancillary parts. But it impressed me that they went into Louisville and from end to end won the way a good basketball team is supposed to. Even though it wasn't in Chapel Hill, they won their first road game of the year. That's a really positive step. I want to see NC State do something similar tonight at Georgia Tech. North Carolina has Boston College tonight. That should be a game as well that they have no problems against. Boston College. Number four. Wake Forest. That's right. Right now, I would take Wake Forest over any team in the state of North Carolina. If it was a neutral floor right now on Tuesday, January 17th, I would take North I would take Wake Forest over North Carolina, NC State or Duke. They were going head to head. They have the best offensive efficiency in the ACC, the best scoring average in ACC play among any team. They have the best record of the North Carolina schools. And they have the best win of the bunch too. I don't think any win that North Carolina, Duke, or NC State has is as good as Wake Forest going on the road to beat Wisconsin at Cole Center. They beat Duke by 11. So even though they've been disrespected and no one wants to talk about them because they're little old Wake Forest, this team deserves the respect. They deserve to be in this spot right now with the designation best team in the state of North Carolina. Number three. Miami. Yes, they lost to NC State in Raleigh, but they have decent road wins at other places. Like, they, they, they split with NC State back in December. They beat Providence that's ranked, was ranked at the top 25. They still have all these guards. Think about everything that had to happen in order for Miami to lose that game. Miami just has dudes all over the place. They made it to the Elite Eight. They deserve benefit of the doubt. That's what we're going to give Miami in this spot. That was just a really high-level basketball game that State won with a great environment, and I was happy for them. But Miami does not have a terrible loss yet this year. Actually, they lost at Georgia Tech. But we give Miami the benefit of the doubt. Number two. Clemson. Unbeaten in ACC play. Decent road wins at Pitt and Virginia Tech. But tonight is a great opportunity at Wake Forest. Again, it's going to be without Chase Hunter in the lineup. That's a pretty big deal for the Tigers. He is not their leading scorer, by the way. That would be Hunter Tyson and P.J. Hall that are in front of him. But no Chase Hunter, their starting point guard tonight. They don't have the strongest out-of-conference schedule, which is why they weren't ranked for as long as they were. I still think they deserve to be ranked last week. Right now, they're 19th in the country. When you're first place in the ACC, you belong pretty high up in the rankings, but you're not number one because... Number one. That's still the Virginia Cavaliers. Virginia, they... Here are their three losses this year, WD. Narrowly at home against Houston at Miami, at Pittsburgh. 
Not terrible. No, and not you're terrible. not getting run any, no. of, any of those games either. They're still the most trustworthy team. They still have the best wins in the non-conference. Clemson lost at South Carolina, who's not good in the non-conference. Virginia beat Baylor, Illinois, and Michigan in the non-conference. So they're the best team in the ACC. That's been critically acclaimed this week. For those following, my ranking of the North Carolina schools, Wake Forest 1, North Carolina 2, NC State 3, Duke 4, and I had them in order 4 through 7 because I I really struggled to separate those four. Like They feel like they are clumped together, and trying to separate them is such a difficult thing to do. And I can't remember that ever being the case as long as I followed ACC basketball, certainly since the league has expanded. And I brought up this note on social media earlier today. And we have this poll question that you can vote on. Who's the best team in the state of North Carolina right now? Looking at the results of that poll currently, 47% say North Carolina, 30% Wake, 20% NC State, only 3% say Duke. For the, it all four of these teams could potentially make the NCAA tournament. It's an exciting time for Carolina basketball. That North has Carolina. not happened. All four making the tournament. That has not happened since 2005. And it's only happened three times since the tournament expanded to 64 in 1985, 91, 2004, and 2005. And this is right after all four of the big four in football went to a bowl game, which never happened in the same season before until this year. And you might have in basketball. So it really is a great time to be a fan of all of these teams. If you're a state fan, Duke fan, Carolina fan, Wake Forest fan, a lot of things to be really, really excited about. This is not unexpected news, but Wake Forest is going to be without Ja Tuka for the remainder of the season. If that name sounds familiar, he was the transfer from Maris that came in with three years remaining of eligibility. Average 15 a game at Maris. Steve Forbes yesterday said that this might be an option. You look at medically redshirting him. Only played in six games this year. And that's big. He'd be the second player. And Forbes says that he might. he's going to have surgery on Friday. They put out in a release. Jawatuka is the second player they've redshirted this year. With three years remaining of eligibility. Robert McCray was the other one. And if you're following the development of a guy like Cam Hildreth or like Matthew Marsh from one year to the next, it should excite you what another year in the program under great coaching like Steve Forbes could do for a guy like McCray who is incredibly athletic and bouncy. And Jawatuka, who has already proven at one level of D1 that he could score 15 a game. He wasn't getting on the floor right now, so this might be best for him. Get completely healthy, 100%, and when you come back with three years of eligibility, you're going to have every opportunity possible because Ty Appleby's not going to be here next year, and Davian Williamson's not going to be here. So they're going to need somebody, along with Cam Hildreth and Damari Monsanto, to man things in that backcourt, and it might be Jalatuka. So that's a note I wanted to pass along.